0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the 2 and 2 podcast again. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, Emily Waldrop, our children's minister. Emily, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. This is uh, way more fun than having Blake on the podcast, let me I, tell you.
1: I would think so. Yeah. I am more fun.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. But I have a question for you. We mm-hmm. always start off with a question for Blake. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you.
1: Yeah, shoot.
0: So the Guinness Book of World Records okay. for... Giving birth to the most children okay. um, belongs to a lady that lived in the 1700s. Oh, wow. She's a Russian lady. Oh, good for How her. How many kids do you think she gave birth to?
1: Man, for it to be in the Guinness Book and to beat out Michelle Duggar, man, shoot. Uh, <laughs>
0: How many did she have?
1: Like 19.
0: Oh, that's yeah, a lot.
1: 19 kids and counting, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go like 28. 28. Yeah. All
0: right, we'll see. So the Guinness Book of World Record for a mom gave birth to the most children is actually 69 kids. Stop it. 69 kids had 16 pairs of twins, 7 triplets, and 4 sets of quadruplets for 69 kids, and she gave birth 27 different times.
1: Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. It's, so I wasn't too far off as far as like deliveries. It yeah. It's just she tacked a couple yeah. on to each some well, twins well, yeah. there. And I'm, I'm really going to get far up there if that's how you do it.
0: I just feel like Natalie's an underachiever only having one set of twins. I mean, you know?
1: I would not go so far as to say that <laughs> at all, but good good for her. Yeah. What was this Russian lady's name? Um,
0: so it's funny. She doesn't have a name oh. other than wow. the wife of uh, Fedor Vasilev. Okay. So it's the I wife mean, of that dude. This was the 1700s. So, fun so. fact, I wasn't going to throw into this. Mm-hmm. She had um, 69 kids. Mm-hmm. He had a second wife. Oh. And she had another like 20. Oh.
1: So he had
0: like 80 some kids.
1: Oh Wow. All yeah. right.
0: Yeah. It was crazy.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I'm trying, I can't remember history wise. Maybe they were trying to repopulate after a plague or something, but good for them.
0: Yeah. Good makes you think them. that maybe everybody in Russia is probably related. But I don't know. <laughs> Yes, that's probably it. <laughs> so uh, that's right. I'm familiar with that. All right. But the reason why I yeah. asked that question mm-hmm. is we're talking about family discipleship I today. Love and what information do you have for moms that have 69 kids? How are you going to disciple those kids?
1: I mean, so, get on your knees and pray. <laughs> yeah, there girl. you go.
0: So the, the first question I want to dive in with you, Emily, and again, mm-hmm. thanks for, for being on this podcast. Yeah. I'm excited to get your perspective on this because it's important to Natalie and I mm-hmm. uh, for family discipleship, and uh, we appreciate your ministry and how you've poured mm-hmm. into to our three kids. Um, but to, to be able to speak a little bit more um, um, uh, specific on, on this issue mm-hmm. uh, is, is huge. So why is family discipleship important to you?
1: Yeah, why it's important to me, um, not to Jesus, you, Duke you, but it's because it's important to God. Yeah. Um, we see like in Genesis, God created the family. It was his idea. And um, one of my favorite passages to point to, uh, families to is Deuteronomy 6, um, where Moses is giving the charge to families to teach them God's commands and to teach them like when they're walking along the road and when they lie down and when they rise and to write um, his words on their heart and on their doorposts and on their gates Um, just so we see in scripture it's so important and um, even in modern day it's important because um, you know I feel like I see the the children of our church all the time but in reality I only see them for a couple hours a week and parents see them way more than I do so they have way more Influence to leverage over their kiddos, and they're more experts on their kiddos yeah. than I am. Um, I mean, I would say I'm an expert on my own child, um, and so that's true for other families as well. And they definitely love them more than I ever. Could. Yeah, Isabella yeah. is my favorite kid in the kids ministry. That's good, as she should um, be. As she should be. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. right.
0: There's some days she's my favorite too, I mean, depending on how my she's kids are behaving.
1: great, um, but. but
0: That's awesome. But yeah, I remember, you know, in all my years of student ministry, I would have parent meetings Mm -hmm. and I would tell them all the time that they are more a student pastor than I will ever be, Mm -hmm. Um, that I get an hour on Wednesday, an hour on Sunday and an event here and there, Um, but they're with them uh, more than anybody else. And Mm -hmm. so my goal is always to equip them. Uh, to be able to to be the key disciple uh, makers in their home, mm-hmm. and then to use me as a resource as mm-hmm. much as possible. Yes, um, but yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like it's important uh, to us as a church because it's important to God, mm-hmm. um, and, and so we we put a premium on that. Uh, but it takes some intentionality mm-hmm. uh, to be focused on this. I think we have a long way to go, mm-hmm. um, but I think we're making some some huge strides, yeah. and I think you're you're making a stamp on a ministry that is is so important. Um, but so, where are we at right now as a church when it comes to family discipleship? And just a follow-up question with that: like, what's the big dream when mm-hmm. it comes to family discipleship here at Gateway?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say we are in a we have a good foundation laid because I know there are um, families in our church that this is very important to them, and they understand um, the charge that they've been given and um, just how to connect. You not that long ago um, that had really good turnout. That was about mm-hmm. kind of the framework of family discipleship and what that looked like. And so I know that there are families that are doing it very well here. And so the goal is to just increase that number. And, yeah. and as I get to know families and I can connect them to each other of like, hey, you guys have kiddos that are um, a few years behind, like this family who I've seen do family discipleship really well. Like why don't you guys just meet and they can give you some insight on yeah. things that they did that worked really well for their second graders or for their kindergartners, um, and just kind of make those connections within the church. Cause, um, experience is a great teacher. Um, and I can give resources that I know of that are great, but, um, you know, and I'd be I'd be a good resource for people to talk to if they yeah. have babies and toddlers, because that's what I have, but families that have been through certain stages, just yeah. connecting them to each other.
0: Yeah. I think that's huge of, of taking advantage of the community that you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, um, they balk at discipleship, especially because they think you have to be a theologian or you mm-hmm. have to be seminary educated. And, and just even thinking about um, discipling my own children, like when I was in seminary, like I wasn't resourced in how I was going to minister to my own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I, I love the education that I received, but it, it took some effort in asking questions to people that have been in the season that I've been in before. And, and really when it comes down to is, um, your story means so much. Mm-hmm. And to be able to share your story with your kids and why Jesus is such an important part of your life mm-hmm. and sharing your favorite Bible verses, your favorite Bible stories and, and being able to tell you, it doesn't take a, a big program. It just mm-hmm. takes some authenticity in your relationship with your kids in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, for, for those that have preschoolers in the home, like how, how, what does family discipleship look like Mm -hmm. with a one-year-old?
1: Yeah, it's a party. I tell you that. Um, (laughs) And I, yeah, preschoolers have a special place in my heart. I love them. So, and there are so many good resources, which I know we'll talk about later on about um, what families can use. There's so many great tools out there. But for preschoolers, I would say it's setting the foundation of what time looks like and for their family discipleship rhythm. So, um, you know, at least... um, like reading to them from whether it be like the Jesus storybook Bible or like just a storybook Bible of some sort, just so they are used to like, hey, at least, you know, once a day, like we're going to sit and we're going to read something. And they might not understand or memorize or remember anything from that particular story, but you're setting a good groundwork for them to be used to it. Um, And just setting the rhythms of the family, I would say, is the most important part for um, preschoolers and is going to make the biggest impact of like, this is what it looks like to pray before meals, pray before bed, mm-hmm. um, listening to like scriptural lullabies. Um. Yeah.
0: So what I'm hearing is it's never too early to kind of set those, no. those rhythms in your, your home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's been, uh, instrumental as my boys are now in elementary school. Um, we set those rhythms at a really young age for them and mm-hmm. now it's just part of what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't, you know, fight us on a lot of that stuff because they know it's a part of the culture of our, yeah. our family. They
1: never know any different. Uh, yeah. It's
0: just what we do. And just a, a plug on the, the children's storybook Bible. Like mm-hmm. I, I absolutely loved it and I highly recommend it for those that are are new believers that mm-hmm. are adults to like go through that and read that. I've had so many testimonies of people that became believers as adults and that's what they read to kind of get a, a firm understanding of some of the stories in scripture mm-hmm. because they were having trouble grasping uh, you know, reading through Genesis and Exodus at mm-hmm. first, and then it, it gave them that foundation. So, these things that we do with with preschoolers uh, doesn't just have to set in that area too. Like it's a great resource for oh, for yeah. all believers. Absolutely. So. Um, having elementary age Mm -hmm. kids in my home, what advice can you give me for, for family discipleship for, for my boys?
1: Yeah. So I think definitely still good to have, um, times that you set aside as a family, um, where you're like doing family devotionals, um, excuse me, or like digging into God's word. Um, but what becomes, I would say more so, um, easy to do whenever they get older because with elementary kids, you have activities, extracurriculars um, is going to be moments that you have that maybe you aren't necessarily prepared for, but things that come up just as they ask questions and talk about their day. And so um, just being prepared to kind of leverage everyday moments and point them back to the gospel. Um, And kind of this is where it comes of knowing where your kid is at. Um, At some point in elementary is a good time to start pushing them toward their own independent study in the word. Um, And not just leaving them there, but like being like, hey, why don't you read this scripture and we'll talk about it at dinner and you can give me your thoughts and your opinions on what you read.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that we need to get way better at. And you get so used to doing everything for your kid, Mm -hmm. even on the spiritual side that it's like, hey, we're going to read the story together and then we're going to talk about it. I think that's really good advice Mm -hmm. uh, that we need to implement is allow them to have their own. Uh, Personal time with the Lord, and then coming back on the back end to be able to discuss some of those things. I think that's really good. Uh, But also, you mentioned just taking advantage of the moments. I think a lot of people, um, especially in their busy, hectic schedules Mm -hmm. of running kids to baseball and cheer and dance and all those things, um, that they they question like, where can I? They they almost see it family discipleship. Um, as a classroom time, like when can I set them mm-hmm. down at their desk and I give them a resource and we read through it and we do these things and we do our homework. Um, and those things are are great. Mm-hmm. And being intentional about that is absolutely incredible. Um, but also in those moments of I, I've had some of the the best spiritual talks with my kids, uh, driving a minivan to, yep, to baseball practice mm-hmm. or going to dance and taking advantage of those moments. Or like you said, the the moment at the uh, dinner table and so we we play a game called pass the pepper
1: nice. uh, where we're having
0: dinner together mm-hmm. and whoever has the pepper can ask a question uh, and then the whole table has answer to answer that question and we tie in the spiritual component to it mm-hmm. and uh, if you make it a game or a competition mm-hmm. with my boys they're all about all it about so it. Caleb always <laughs> asks to play uh, pass the pepper Hopefully. for some reason he thinks he wins mm-hmm. uh, and now i have uh, a game to be yeah. won yeah <laughs> now i have carly who she always wants to pray and so mm-hmm. if anybody oh. prays mm-hmm. first before her she makes me erase that prayer so right. hers can be the one that's actually like, heard hey, so god didn't hear that <laughs> yeah, one. yeah yeah that was the, <laughs> that was the wrong way. yeah we've erased it we've rerun <laughs> like uh, but yeah, so just taking a uh, taking advantage of those those moments is, is huge it doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be a structured, you know, yeah. hour moment where you're yeah. you're um, on top of everything. You have your curriculum set. It, it can be a conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Um, but I think family discipleship also extends beyond. Um, the uh, the mom and the dad and, okay. and so I'm I'm very thankful to have you in the role that you have and you play such a, a huge part in the spiritual development of of my children and, and all the children here mm-hmm. at Gateway. Uh, your volunteers do an incredible job. Oh, they're the best, um, and they're a part of things. But also, you have grandparents, you have mm-hmm. aunts and uncles, and and uh, extended family and friends who mm-hmm. play such a vital part. What does family discipleship look like for the extended part of the uh, of of our people's family?
1: Yeah, yeah. Which I like that you asked that question. It is very important to have other trusted adults in. A child's life. Um, if nothing else, just to reinforce that the things that their parents are teaching them are valid. Um, we know that uh, kids usually listen to their parents for the most part. Sometimes when they get older, they're like, mom's not cool or dad's not cool. And, right. I don't really have to listen to them. So it becomes even more important for grandparents and coaches and friends and Bible study leaders to be saying kind of the same thing that parents are saying so that kids are like, oh no, like my mom and dad say this. And even if they do hear it from other people, um, having it pointed back to their parents just kind of reinforces, like, mom and dad are to be trusted and what they have to say, like, is relevant to my everyday life. Maybe they are actually pretty cool and know what they're talking about. (laughs) Um, So and it's really sweet to see grandparents be involved. Um, Just even my own... Um, my own mom, like really prays about ways that she can pour into my nieces because, Mm -hmm. um, my brother doesn't take his girls to church. And so she's just doing the best she can as a grandma to kind of leverage, um, the influence that she has over them. And it's really sweet to see. So
0: that's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thinking back to my grandparents who raised me and now getting to see them have a spiritual impact on my children is huge. Mm -hmm. And, um, if, if that's a resource in your family to take advantage of it, because I'm now getting to the place where my boys don't think I'm as cool mm. as they used to think that mm. I was at now. It's, it's, yeah, we're, we're, we've moved to that age where it's like, mm. I'll, I'll hug and kiss them before school. Um, and it's like, I get a little bit of pushback now. Mm. Even Carly's four years old, and she won't let me kiss her before school anymore Uh, because her friends are watching. And so, getting to that place, but they think like my they think my grandparents and Natalie's parents Mm -hmm. are the coolest people to ever walk the earth, Mm -hmm. um, and typically because they buy them things, Um, yeah, love to uh, be bought. (laughs) um, But that uh, influence they have on us Mm -hmm. um, has has lasted uh, a lifetime so far, and to for them to be able to use that influence now on their grandkids as well is a, uh, is a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if that's a resource available to you, like I just uh, allow those grandparents to invest mm-hmm. in life. And then, um, just we, we have deep friendships with people who have have invested in our, uh, children as well mm-hmm. and to see them. Um, but one of the things that we, um, wanted to be very intentional about is that we wanted them to know about that role. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we have some really close friends that have helped, uh, watch our boys and help watch Carly growing up. And, and so we tried to be very intentional, in letting them know it's like we, we trust you with our kids. We love that you're a part of our, our family. Mm-hmm. Um, also like we trust you to tell them about who Jesus is mm-hmm. and, and to, for them to see who Jesus is. And so I, I, I wanted them to be intentional about their faith with mm-hmm. them and give them permission to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes, you know, verbalizing that desire goes mm-hmm. a long way too. Um, and that's huge. Yeah. Um, and so, You know, we can use resources in the the church that we have, the Mm the uh, families that we've been blessed with and and the opportunities that we have with our kids. Um, But what are some more tangible resources that you could recommend for our church to, as they they're thinking through what family discipleship looks like for them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what I love about the resources that I um, have tapped into or are interested in using as Isabella gets older is um, just like whatever works for your family. Like there's so many different um, options and there's really a lot of tools that have been brought out. So right now what I'm really utilizing with, um, my toddler, but can also be used up to elementary is, um, worship. Um, just because families worshiping together can be such a sweet, a sweet thing, whether you're musically inclined or not. And you could just kind of crank it up a little louder so they don't hear your singing voice and it's totally fine. (laughs) Um, so we really like sovereign grace music. They have an album called theology that just has, um, some really good theological truths that um, are part of a song that's like not the worst to listen to. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always good. Um, And then, I mean, since I have a little baby, she really loves Yancey and Slugs and Bugs, which are always super good and um, like scripture songs. Um, Some really good devos that I know um, a family in this church uses is um, Long Story Short and Old Story New uh, by Marty Machowski, which are just quick, I think 10 minute devotionals. I believe they use them at dinner time to just kind of go over a story and ask some questions, um, which are good for like early elementary kiddos. Um, and then, uh, kind of what I was talking about for elementary kids, pushing them for their own personal study in the word is, um, a reap journal. And so where they have a Bible passage and they read, examine, apply, and pray about what they just read. Um, and families can be as intentional as they want. And then one more, sorry, I know I love, uh, resources, but, um, For preschool and elementary, both, I've seen some really good stuff from tiny theologians, Mm -hmm. um, and they actually just announced this week that they are coming out with like a podcast that's geared for kids to listen to that goes over um, just some basic theological truths that kids can kind of start working on and learning from a really young age just about um, God's power and his knowledge and his presence and what all that means on a level that's um, chewable for them. So, Yeah. Um, I definitely love resources, have no shortage of them. So if there's a particular thing like um, to point to, but those are just some good blanket ones as families are kind of like, where do I start? Um, Well, and I just think
0: as a church, you know, use Emily as a resource because she she's up to date on all those things and and current and, you know, raising her own child right now as well. So she's being very focused and intentional about that also. And so use her as a resource, Uh, use me as a resource as well. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a, a book that we just gave our, um parents that are going through mm-hmm. uh, the the parent-child dedication, the habits of the household and mm-hmm. and the whole book is about looking for intentional moments to to have discipleship times with your kids mm-hmm. and it's it's changed the way that we do family discipleship in our home. Um Natalie listens to the family Discipleship podcast a lot. Um, And so just a resource for you as a a parent or Mm -hmm. grandparent or or friend that is investing in kids' lives as well. Um, But the thing that I love about discipleship is that God has equipped us Mm -hmm. um, with His Word as well. And so trust Him Mm -hmm. more than, than... anything else. And Emily, I'm so thankful that you were able to join me on the podcast yeah, today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: So make sure you uh, click the, the notification bells and subscribe and all that stuff on the Apple podcast and Spotify and, and all the other places that you can listen to our podcast. We thank you for tuning in uh, each month and we'll catch you next month on the two and two podcast. <laughs>